the, there is a mitzvah to um, lend money to other Jews who, could, uh, who are in need. As the Pesach says in this week's parashim, Kesef Talves Ami, um, if you will lend money to those in my nation, of course, in Kalal Yisrael and Rashi, they're quoting the name of Chazal, that the word im usually means something that's a rishus, something that's voluntary, with three exceptions. One of those being this Pesach, im Kesef Talves Ami, if you will lend money to your fellow uh, 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 member of Klal Yisrael, it's not a something that's um, that's uh, voluntary. It's not something that's optional. It's rather a mitzvah that if a person has the ability to to do so, he should lend money um, to other Jews. So it's a mitzvah to lend money. Is there a mitzvah to pay, pay back? So the Gemara says in the Seftus Ksubis over here that that sounds like it was a machlekes amiroyim. So the Gemara says according to the one the uh, the one who holds the Dichod Amarta Priyas Balchay Mitzvah. Behold, Piyaz Baal is a mitzvah. So then the Gemara says we can compel someone to fulfill that mitzvah, just like a person who is a recalcitrant, a person who doesn't want to perform the mitzvah of Ludov or Matzah, we would we would compel him, uh, force him to fulfill the mitzvah. So, so too we would force someone to fulfill the mitzvah of Priyaz Baal So it sounds like it was a machleik samayroim. The conclusion of the Gemara is that Priyaz Baal is a mitzvah. What is the mitzvah of paying back? So Rashi there cites the Pasuk in Parshas Kedoshim that tells us you should have honest weights and measures. You should have moiznei tzedek and honest scale, but also eifa tzedek v'hin tzedek. Over here on the third line, you should have an eifa. Your measurement should be honest as well. So your eifa should be a real eifa and not more or less. And your hin should also be um, you know, a, a, true, a true measurement. Why do you need both? It's redundant. You have to have honest scales. That's one thing. You have to have honest measurements. It's something else. You know, the weights that are on the other side of the scale. So if your AFA is, is true, so then, of course, your hin will also have to be uh, accurate, will also have to be precise. What is added by the second measurement? So the Gemara says in Mesethus Bob Metzi and Daphim Mtes, the Rashi cites, that your hin, your word, your saying yes, that I will do something, should be uh, true, should be honest as well. And if a person gives his word that he's going to pay back a loan that he takes, he is obligated to do it by virtue of that mitzvah of Eifat Sedek and Hin Sedek. So it's a Priyas Balchayv is a mitzvah. If the Gemara says, according to, you know, that since we can compel someone who doesn't want to perform a mitzvah, perform a mitzvah we can compel someone to, to pay back a loan. Um, the Minchas Chinuchto already raises the issue, and, uh, you know, that, that there's not only a mitzvah say, there's a mitzvah Sloisa say over here as well. The Pasuk says also in Parshish Kedoshim, Don't steal. But it's, uh, these two are synonyms. Sashoik is also stealing. So what's the difference between Don't steal. The Pasuk says it twice in two different ways with two different words. So Ramam explains over here in Hilchaz that Gzeo is when I go and I take your item forcibly. I seize it from you. Steal, yeah. Sashoik is when a person takes something or it's given to him beheter. I, you give me a picadon, you give me your bike to borrow, you give me, uh, you know, I'm, I'm borrowing your car, or you lend me money, and I hold on to it and refer, re- refuse to return it. So it came into my hand, Beheter, that's not really Xeo, where I, you know, I, I uh, brazenly go into your house and I take it. Here, it was given to me, Beheter, but I refuse to return it. That's Losasho Kisreacha. Uh, that's that. Then a person is violated uh, So if a person refuses to pay back a loan, he's really in violation not of a being but also of loisashok esreachos. And Min jumps up and down. He says, "Why does the Gemara only mention the mitzvah of priyas balchayv as a mitzvah say?" And therefore the Gemara says that since we can compel someone to fulfill a mitzvah, so to like lulav and matzah, we can compel you also to fulfill priyas balchayv. It's a loisashay, and of course we can compel. Everyone holds you can. We can compel people to you know follow. 
and adhere to loisa seizim, you violate loisa seizim. Of course, there'd be malchus, there's some other punishment involved. So Minchasrinoch is, 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 is confused. Why didn't the Gemara bring up the loisa seizim of loisa shikisrecha? So it seems, and many Yachrinim go in this direction, that, that there's a difference in terms of whether a person will ever pay back or he's not paying back on time. See, if a person's not paying, will never pay back, then he's in violation of loisa shikisrecha. And that's what the Ramam says, huh? You don't know that right away. Right, so if he never, right, until he dies, I guess, yeah, how will you ever know if, if he'll never pay back? Well, his, intention, his intention is never to pay back. So then, perhaps in violation of Lois because Ramam there is describing, he's so powerful, I'm not going to be able to get the money from him ever. But if I don't pay back on time, you know, to pay, pay back on time when the loan is due, that's a, that's a mitzvah, that's Priyas Baal which is a mitzvah that you said you're going to pay back by this time, you should pay back by that time, your word should be true as well. So paying back on time is a mitzvah, Never paying back, if you, you, know, you hold on to it, and you know, your intention is, is, is to, to never pay back, that's a prohibition of Loisash uh, of That would be uh, you know, a, a violation of the uh, of, of, uh, mitzvahs, not only mitzvahs assay, but a mitzvahs lois assay as well. Uh, of course, not to pay back alone is also a very bad uh, you know, mida, right? The Mishnah says, What are the past, right? The Mishnah talks about things that are. Positive things that we should integrate. Ayin toiva, you should be a shachin toiv. Then the Mishnah says, what are things that you know people or practices we should distance ourselves from? So one of them is ayin ra. One of them is from being a shachin ra, chaver ra. And of course, there's also loyva v'yeno pereya. If a person borrows and he does not pay back, as the pasuk says in Tehillim, loyva rasha v'loyushalim. David Amel criticizes those who borrow and don't pay back. So it's an assay uh, to pay back on time. It's a loisa assay to never pay back. And of course, Amida uh, Taiva, you know, that a person should be those, one of those people who, if they borrow, then they agree to pay back, that they ultimately will follow through on their word and they will pay back. We don't have any kind of, um, um, in halacha, institution of relief or, or discharging of loans without paying back. It's, it's a lois I say to never pay back, and I say to pay back on time, and of course a very bad mida, never to pay back. And even if a person hasn't um, 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 made an effort to collect a loan in years, you have no right to assume that the loan has been forgiven, unless there are, you know, extenuating circumstances. The guy's uh, whole, you know, we, we, you know, we read in the newspapers that the guy, you know, the guy, the guy is... He has no ability to pay back. Then, over time, it could be if there's extenuating circumstances that we can assume that the creditor, uh, that the uh, that the the, uh, the the creditor said, you know what? There's no way I'm gonna ever collect this loan, and maybe he was miyayish. But under normal circumstances, Shulchan Aruch writes, you have no right to assume, even though the loan hasn't been spoken about for decades. Yish helps. Yish could, in theory, help. So if I'm miyayish on a chayv, I can't I can't go to bed and collect. Why would you be miyayish on a chayv? The guy went, but I think the guy went bankrupt. I, I believe right, he So Shulchan Aruch says you, there's never Yish on Chavis. There's no such thing. Um, um, but the, the Ramah and other Ksais and others think, no, if there, are, if there is indications that, if you know you were Miyayish, that, that's usually talking about Miyayish. from the other guy's I know uh, view. That's, that's, that, that's a Chalais. I mean, yeah, I why would you be Miyayish? Now I see he made money. Um, again. Don't be Miyayish. Miyayish is a Mitzigas. Never have Yish. I mean, we talked about it. Don't have Yish and you can always the come back. The simplest answer is always the best. This, yeah, yeah. Oh. Don't have Yish. But yeah, if you were Miyayish, you, 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 well, well, then why would you collect it if you were Miyayish? Because the guy suddenly may hit a Ah, so you weren't the eyes. He, he made his money back. <laughs> that's called not Yeish. You're, 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 you don't think your prospects of collecting are too good. That's not. That's different than Yish. Yish means I, I, I gave up on it. Well, I'm not thinking about it. Does, it's, it's Yish, even yeah, though yeah. later on you change your mind. Yeah. yeah right. If you think the guy's going to get rich and then you're going to want to collect the loan, no. If he will get rich, you'll want to collect the loan. That's not called Yish. Yish means I mommy gave up about it. I forgot about that guy, and then you know that's that's mommy's Yish. 
Anyway, the, the Jews are talking about from the other guy's perspective. Can I assume if a guy didn't speak to me for two uh, for twenty years that he was miyash and alone? That's the session shofar. have no right to to assume that. Maybe if you were miyash, uh, it's, 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 it's separate. Not well, you were meichel alone. What it is is an implicit mechila that I yeah, said I forget. No, it's not. It's no. It's, it's not the same yeah. uh, conceptual notion. No, but I gave up, and once you give up, you're meichel. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if a mechila b'machshava. You know, it's the same thing. Even though there's no such concept, right, of relief from loans, of bankruptcy, you know, formal as an institution in halacha, of course we do know, um, unfortunately, that the strongest taina in Beisden is Ainli. If the person simply doesn't have the money from which to collect, you can be right from here till tomorrow. It doesn't matter because the person simply doesn't have assets which you can take in lieu of the chayv. So, the, the, you know, the taina of Ainli is a very strong taina. If the person simply doesn't have the assets to pay back, you know, then he, he, he can't, it's a bad midah and all the other things, but he doesn't have the assets, he, he can't pay back. And when a person doesn't have it, so then it's important to know the Pasuk in Parshas Mishpatim, right after him, Kesev Talvis Ami, says, uh, when I come to collect a loan, don't be like a lender. What do you mean, don't be like a lender? So the Gemara says over here, Let's say I know my friend borrowed money for me, and I know he doesn't have the money to pay me back. You're not allowed to keep pestering him to pay back the loan. That's what it means. Don't act like the lenders who are constantly badgering the guy to pay back. Now that's only talking about if I know he doesn't have the money. If I believe he's hiding it somewhere in some account, something, or I believe that he's just he, he's using it on his other things, his, uh, whatever his vacations and Pesach programs, right. and he doesn't want to pay me back. I have every right to make a claim for the money. But if I know he doesn't have the money, he's bankrupt. You know, if not in you know in legal terms, in physical, you know, realistic terms. The guy Pasha doesn't have the money, so then you're not allowed to pass to the guy for. For, for the money. But even if a person claims he doesn't have money, usually they have you know, some assets that he could collect from halachically, or he's paying back other creditors and I want to get to the head of the line, or I want to submit my claim that when he will get money, I want to be, you know, be, uh, be, be able to, to, to collect the loan. So all of these things would not be a violation of Osiyah or Kenosha, but if I know he doesn't have the money, at least it's important, as a, you know, as a, a theoretical point, if I know he doesn't have the money, not only is that a winning tie in Beisden, Ainley, because he simply doesn't have the money to pay back, it's at that point a violation to pester him to pay back, but that's a violation of Osiyah or Kenosha. So we don't have a formal structure of bankruptcy. There are certain instances of Yiyush, maybe if I know the guy doesn't have the money, all, all these different kinds of things, but it's a kind of relief of loans that it's forgiven that, you know, we really, we, that, that kind of concept, a fresh start, which you have in, uh, in, in legal circles, in American law, I don't know all the chapters of bankruptcy, some are liquidation, some are reorganization, but whatever it is, it's a kind of a fresh start to give the person, either as an individual or a corporation, the ability to function in the future without the burden of all of the debts that they incurred, that kind of situation and structure, we certainly don't have in Allah. But, of course, it does exist in secular law, as we know. So should uh, the bankruptcy of secular law apply um, uh, between two Jews where there was a, lo- a loan that was issued, um, personal loan, corporate loan, investment loan, and then the business goes under, can, he get, can that uh, person who borrowed the money get relief from the loan based on the secular laws of bankruptcy? So there's two um, um, ways... Uh, and halacha doesn't exist, but of course it exists in secular law. Should, it, uh, should that apply to a, a halacha, halachic situation between, if it's between a Jew and a non-Jew, obviously, you know, the, the non-Jew is going to take the issue to secular court. There's nothing to speak about. But if it's between two Jews, does it have halachic standing uh, since that exists in secular law? So the first uh, avenue of approaching this is through the lens of dina de machusa dina. The Gemara says in Masechus Nadarim over here, a very broad concept in the context of collecting taxes. 
that the municipality or the government has the right to issue taxes and, uh, you know, to create an obligation to pay taxes, and one will be obligated halachically to pay those taxes based on the concept known as Dina de Malchusa Dina. The Gemara does limit it, and the Gemara says, that's assuming it's a legitimate monarch, I mean, he has the right to, the, to, to issue such taxes. He's not a pirate who's, or, or the mafia. Voting, not voting for the guy doesn't mean anything. No, <laughs> you can vote him out. To get that. No, but sometimes you have these collection agencies that work for the mob that are, go up, and that's not a, a legitimate uh, entity. And it has to be that it's a fair tax. That means that it cannot be targeted against any specific individual or you know, specific Denomination, you know, that kind of thing. So but if it's across the... The Jew tax that exists in Europe was not considered... So that was a big discussion whether that's considered to be a fair tax or not a fair tax. It was targeted against the Jews. The maybe Jewish it has community. to be one individual, maybe a larger community. If it's against the rich, that's a fair tax. You, or we have graduated taxes. We have an aloha uh, graduated, right? You, bring your, you have this amount of resources, you bring this carbon. You have this amount of resources, you bring a different carbon. So Mepharshim note that, that, that a graduate uh, schedule tax, you know, where, where it, uh, it has... Uh, uh, that kind of that kind of framework that's that's that, that's not considered to be targeted against a specific demographic, but it's targeted individual. You know, it's a punitive in that kind of a sense. So then, that's not a fair tax. We wouldn't be obligated to pay. Uh, you know, because of dina and dina. But if it is a fair tax and they have the right to issue such taxes, one is obligated. Uh, one would be obligated to pay those taxes. What is dina the machusa dina though? Um, predicated upon. So that is a big machlaikas harishayim. The meiri and that gemar mesechdes nedarim writes that it's it's. Um, Based upon the parasha of the Melech, and say for Shmuel, when the king, when the Jewish people lobbied, um, or you know, wanted uh, to have a Jewish king, so Shmuel never warns them, and he says, "Be careful, guys." He says, "Because you know, a king can collect taxes, a king can seize your property, a king can do all of these kinds of things that you might not be happy about." So the Gemara Masech, the Sanhedrin, has a machlekes. All those things that Shmuel never warned the Jewish people: beware of the king, because he can do this or that. Is the king actually allowed to do those things? Or is he just telling him, no, the king might abuse his power and do these things. Even though he's not allowed to do them, he might do it anyway. So that's my question. Is he actually allowed to do those things? The Shmuel Navi was outlining what the Melch is allowed to do? Or no, he was just scaring them and telling them, no, he might abuse his power and do these things, but he's really, he's not allowed to do them. We happen to Paskin that everything that Shmuel Navi mentioned is the powers. He outlined the powers of the king and he just said to them, you know, just beware what you guys are asking for. He might have the right to levy taxes and to seize your property and the king has the right to do that. Services like a government or a melech. Provide services like so you pay. That's a whole different approach to taxes. Not al pidin the machusadina is that I'm paying for services. You're paying for services. So technically speaking, the for sure. If you go with that it approach, has protects me or collects my garbage. I'm paying. For Correct. Taxes. So if you view taxes as kind of paying for services, you'd be obligated to pay for taxes a whole different reason. Anybody who lives in a town and benefits from a wall or benefits from the security or benefits like in a co-op or a condo. We all join together as a shutfis and uh, agree we're going to have garbage pickup on this day and you know, the super is going to do this and that for us. Everybody has to pay their fair share, even if I didn't vote for it. If you're part of a group, the Ramal says we follow Roiv and whatever the Roiv wants, that's what you have to pay for and you have to pay your fair share. So if you take that approach to taxes, the taxes are services that we could all benefit from or potentially benefit from, or even if I don't want it, the majority wants it. So then you'd be obligated to pay taxes. Forget about Dina de Malchusadina. You'd be obligated to pay taxes because I'm part of a shutfis and I'm obligated as part of that partnership to pay, to pay taxes. It's a whole different approach to taxes. Many do go with that approach. If you take that approach, 
the obligation to pay taxes entirely, uh, you, know, uh, you know, all the, the, the little ins and outs and the crevices and the pockets where you could hide. In the discussion of Dina Mahuzadina, you can't hide if you take that approach to taxes. And many, many do take that approach. Yeah. Many do take that approach. No, no, I, I think it's actually a good approach because um, uh, a lot of the taxes we, we, we pay do go for services that could, in theory, benefit everyone. So if you take that approach, you're for sure obligated to pay taxes. If you don't, it's Geneva for sure. But anyway, it, it, you know, based on the on the on the principle of Din Machusadina, so there are the Meiri claims that it's all based, it's all predicated on the parish of Samela. I guess Shwanavi told them a king could charge taxes, a king could seize your property. So and the Meiri assumes that's not only a Jewish king. Even a non-Jewish king has all of the powers that were outlined by Shmuel Anavi. So it says to Meiri that that's the reason for the obligation to pay taxes. And he says, over here at the, whatever, towards the end of what he says, they all enjoy the powers of the Malchus. And that seems to be the opinion of the Rambam too. Because the Rambam writes over here, again, it's phrased somewhat differently, but it seems to be driving at the same point. Uh, you live in this uh, you chose to live in this country, even if you didn't choose to live here, you don't have the ability to travel around, let's say, in you know, previous generations where they weren't able to travel as you know, quickly, as easily, without, you know, unencumbered. But you're living in this town and in this municipality, and the assumption is by living here, you accept the rules that are imposed upon you by the, by the monarch, um, so then you're obligated to pay by virtue of agreeing in a, you know, uh, to, to live in this situation under the rulership of this king. That we are going to follow the rules of the king who lives here and you know, rules over this place and I accepted upon myself all of the rules and regulations that that, uh, uh, that, that entails. The Rashbam is a similar approach over here. and All of the taxes and the, the, you know, the, um, the property taxes, all that is a person is obligated to pay because of, uh, by virtue of the fact that he's living here, he's kind of a, you know, agreed to whatever the rules of engagement are, and, uh, and if the king has a right to levy taxes, uh, that, you know, then, then I am uh, assuming the obligation to pay them. And in fact, by the way, it could be that this is a fulfillment of the mitzvah of dinim, meaning the reason why a non-Jewish king enjoys these powers is because the non-Jewish society has an obligation to establish rule and order. That's part of one of the Sheva mitzvahs, B'nai Noyach, is dinim, um, to make sure that society doesn't devour itself, to set up uh, courts and make laws that are just and fair, but to, uh, you know, to enforce them and to establish them in the first place. And therefore, it's incumbent upon the citizens to follow those laws that are established by the ruling party. So that's why the Rashi writes himself, that all of Dinah and the Machus is predicated upon the mitzvah of Dinim, because uh, they have an obligation to set up a government and to make rules and enforce the rules. You can call that Parshish HaMelech if you like, but it's really all the same general um, idea. If that's the case, it's probably not limited to a king in the formal sense. Whatever is the ruling entity, it's equivalent. Whether that's a democratically, you know, democratically elected government, president, prime ministers, all of this would have, not that they shouldn't go to their head that they think that they're the king, but they enjoy, the first of all, the obligation of Dinim to establish you know, rules and then to enforce them you know, uh, in order, and therefore we would have an obligation as citizens of that municipality that's ruled by that democratically uh, you know, elected uh, entity to follow those rules. That's one approach to the mitzvah of Dina, you know, the concept of Dina the Mahus the Ran in Masechus the Durham, though, quotes in the name of Taisvis, even those who don't know where the, which side of the daf the Ran is on in Masechus the Durham, know this Ran. Uh, you know, they don't even know, know which Masechus have a Ran, but they know this Ran, because the Ran quotes in the name of Taisvis, Dina the Mahus Dina has nothing to do with the Pasha Samelech and the ruling entity or its equivalent. No, it's because of rent non-Jewish king owns all the property with it under his uh, jurisdiction. And if you want to live there, you have to pay rent, push it rent. So therefore, says Taisvis, Dina Malchus Adina doesn't apply in Eretz Yisrael. 
They have no right to issue taxes because the whole you know, legitimacy of issuing taxes is because he owns all the land and therefore you have, he has the right to charge you rent. And Eretz Israel, Eretz Israel belongs to all Jews. It's a shukfist to all of us, the right of return, right? It belongs to everybody. So therefore, if it belongs to everybody, it doesn't belong to my minister anymore, then it belongs to me. He has no right to charge me taxes. Oh, that's the Taisus approach. So Chazanish paskins like Taisus, or feels that we should pass like Taisus, and Dina the Malchusa Dina, therefore, even if applies, uh, you know, uh, 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 ironically, applies in Chutzlarz, does not apply in Eretz Yisrael because the land doesn't belong to the government, it belongs to everyone equally, and they have no right to issue, issue taxes. It's generally assumed that Raiva Paiskim do not paskin like this, or Shomu Zalman, or Balyashev, came out everyone else, assumes no, no. Dina the Malchusa Dina applies Chutzlarz, Bein Eretz Yisrael, because it's not based on rent. It's based on the parsha of the Melech, that the ruling party has an obligation to establish rule, rule and order, to make sure society doesn't, doesn't go off the rails, and therefore the, part of that is the right to make rules and, and, and issue taxes. And it seems to be the Shulchan Aruch you know, already says this explicitly, because Shulchan Aruch says, one second over here, um, that, the, that the ruling party has the right to issue taxes and you're obligated to pay for them, and then the Shulchan Aruch says, Bein shu melech Yisrael, bein shu melech whether he's a Jewish king or a non-Jewish king. Now where is there going to be a Jewish king? So maybe he's talking about Joe Lieberman or Spain, but I don't think so. I think he's probably talking about in Eretz Yisrael, a Jewish king, a non-Jewish king, Ben Bechutzlars, Ben Eretz Yisrael is an obligation to pay taxes. Dina Malchusadina applies whether it's a Jewish king or not a Jewish king, and it's based upon uh, whether it's in Eretz Yisrael and Chutzlars, it's based upon the parish of the Melech. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you hold your slime, this calculus, if you hold your slime, this calculus, you can't charge rent. You can't. You can't. That was that's exactly so what Tyson says. No, only you slime. Uh, not the rest of it. Yeah, but he can't. You, if the king is from Shevet uh, Yehuda, he can't charge Zvuun rent for their property. Yeah, it's Vuen. Why should Zvuun have to pay taxes to Yehuda? I own. Zvuun was given it. It goes back in Yehuda. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's 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 Tyson's argument. Anyway, it's based on the parsha of the Bible. So the Rama actually quotes two opinions about this. Look over here. How do we pass on this issue? What is the basis for Din Machusadina? So the Rama says over here. It's only talking about property tax. That's a kind of a rent. Because the Melech really owns all of the properties. And there are those who disagree. There are those who argue, say, no, we apply across the board. Now, of course, of course, you know, even to, you know, to not only taxes that are property taxes, to other taxes. When he says, Bechol Dover, it doesn't mean, of course, that if they say, you have to work on Shabbos, we would have to work on Shabbos. Or we can't perform Brismila, Dinah Machusadina, you're not allowed to perform Brismila. Or, you know, that women inherit the same as men, that all of a sudden that should trump Halacha. No, we don't, we don't apply Dinah Machusadina across the board. The Ramah clarifies later on in that very same simon, even if you apply more broadly, not just for property taxes, because the Gemara says there in Gittin, if you have a star that is valid in non-Jewish courts, it's valid in Jewish courts too. Based on Dina the Machusadina. But of course, if you have a Gitei Nashim Shachurei Avadim, which is a religious document, so then their religious documents are not valid in our courts, and our religious documents have no bearing in their courts. Meaning it's only things that they care about. Our religion has nothing to do with them, so therefore, Dina the Machusadina doesn't apply. Their religion has nothing to do with us. So it's only things that are mutually, you know, we overlap, so yeah, that there's a uh, Hanor Lamelech, 
So then we apply dina demakusa dina. If it's a religious issue, so then uh, you know we don't apply we don't we don't apply dina demakusa dina or anything that's similar to that. So it has to be hanor lemelech. And the Ramah here adds it's a little bit more controversial. If it's takanas b'nei amedina, you would also apply dina demakusa dina. So hanor lemelech or takanas b'nei amedina. If there's some sort of takana, we would apply dina demakusa dina. So therefore, whoever place can pass like this, um, Ramah, this opinion. It's more broad than just property tax. It applies uh, across the board uh, to, uh, to other issues, too. It, it might even apply, by the way, to non-monetary um, 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 things, if there's Hanol Lamel. For example, mm-hmm. Ramesh Zachuva about stealing the regents' answers. Right, that happened, I don't really think, in the early 80s. Well, there was a, the Jews stole the regents. So Moshe writes, it's awesome to, to steal the regents' answers because of Gnevas Das, or to use them to do well in the regents, because you're, you're, you're stealing, you're, you're, you're cheating your potential employer, or entrance into you know, a, the degree-granting program because you thought you, they, you presented yourself as doing so well in the regents, and in fact you didn't, you just stole the answers. So it's Gnevas Das, sorry, Benny. So it's, it's, it's Gnevas Das. The other problem is, Rabbi Shah says, Dina the Malchus Dina. What Dina the Malchus Dina? How can you speak about Dina the Malchus Dina? So obviously, Ramosha understood that since they established the Takanas B'nai Amadina, this is something that everybody, you know, is beneficial to everyone, and it's not a religious issue, yeah? So then we should apply Dina the Machus Adina, even though we're not talking about necessarily issuing taxes, per se, or even, even monetary laws. So, so you already see from Ramosha a precedent like that. How so therefore, they do business with the education? They want to force a certain type of education. So we have the right to lobby and to change, you know, and to, uh, we have the they right, have right to do right what to we want. Those? If it's the Tarkanas B'nei Medina and it's uh, you know, beneficial to everyone, if it's targeted against us and it's not fair, it's persecution, they're not. But we, we, we have to follow the laws when it comes to these other things too. So, however, Rav Ashawai says a truth in the Min Chasasha. This, this is, this is, this is Gavaldik. He says, even if you assume, and he does, he thinks that it applies more broadly, not just to monetary issues and taxes. Beyond that, um, maybe to speeding, maybe to uh, jaywalking and double parking. He doesn't think that it goes, we should treat it like a din ha- You have to be Rav Asher Weiss. This is the goddess of Russia. He says, it's not, don't treat it like a din ha He said, please. He says, don't be machmir on jaywalking like you would be machmir in a chas v'shalom lahavdio in Huchus Pesach. He says, yes, and maybe it applies more broadly, but it's not the same as halacha. So the marshal, he says, it only extends as far as the reason behind the law extends and as far as they enforce it. So jaywalking, even if you assume jaywalking is included in the Dina of the Malchus Adina, because it's a re- the reason they establish this. It's dangerous, and it's Takonas Panei Medina that people are running out in front of cars. If it's four in the morning, and there's no car coming, and it's a red light, and there's a red man in front of me, you can cross, you can cross the street if it's safe, right? You don't have to be, even though if no one's watching, you can't comment on Pesach, that's not Lahavdil, the same thing. You don't have to, or let's say 56 miles an hour in a place which is 55. He said, they don't enforce it beyond that. So it's not, please, let's calm down. He says, this is not Din HaTayra. This is Dina Zabal Chusadina. Who would think that? Who would think that? There are people who think, Lamasho. Do you need a building? He's discussing. Do you need a building permit to build your sukkah? So al pi din need a building permit, and there's a reason why you should need a building permit. There's a lot. These building permits have a reason. So, but there's no carve out for sukkahs, but they never enforced it. So he says, and it's silly. The whole thing is only there for a few days. Now it could be dangerous in a hurricane and all that kind of stuff. He says, come on. So yes, din lemachusadina, you should get building permits. But the sukkah he says they don't enforce it. If they would go around sukkahs in Yerushalayim this year, they enforced taking down a sukkah. You saw it was a two-story sukkah, and they took it down. 
You didn't see this? Half gun out in front of the sukkah? Yes, because it was a three-story sukkah, so they finally enforced the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if they would enforce it, okay, fine. So maybe Dina Rafusadina is a little bit more broad. Um, but, you know, he, he, he argues, and I think it's, it's, it's such an important point, that, uh, that it, it, let's calm down. It's only as far as they enforce it, right? And as far as perhaps, you know, the reason behind it makes sense. But it could be a little bit more broad. Huh? Oh, so let's turn over to bankruptcy. So Ramayusha writes a chuva over here about um, bankruptcy. Ramayusha writes that bankruptcy was also established um, it's something that was established in order to encourage business and lending and all that. If a person will know that if he's going to you know, not be able to pay back, so then he'll never take out the loan in the first place, and that will stunt growth, right, when the credit markets are, are, are restricted and there's no cash, you, you can't get anything done. So, Ramayish writes, this is and therefore um, uh, we should apply in this, in this context. However, there's a chuva in the Chalkas uh, Yaakov, that's Rabbi Yaakov Breish. Rabbi Yaakov Breish argues, first of all, he doesn't think bankruptcy is Takanas B'nai Medina at all, which is, you know, rabbis getting involved in economic policy is interesting. But uh, he argues that this is a krum policy. That's why it doesn't appear in halacha at all. And he calls this not Dina de Malchusa Dina, but Gazlanusa de Malchusa. They're stealing money from legitimate lenders, and, uh, and, and you should be obligated to pay back. So he doesn't think this is Takanas B'nai Medina, but even if you don't accept his economic arguments, he quotes a shach. The Shach here disagrees with the Ramah, and the Shach argues whenever you're um, discussing an issue that's between two Jews, and the Halacha has something to say about it, we do not revert to Dina the Malchus Dina, even if it's Latakonas B'nai Amadina, even if the, the government establishes for the public good. If it's between two Jews, unless the king benefits from it, which the king has no benefit over here from bankruptcy, that's in order to spur business. So it's not the Hanoas Hamelech. Even though it's the Kodesh Medina, we understand why they did it, and it makes sense, and it's beneficial to everyone, but it's between two Jews, and the halacha here says something, you've got to pay back loans. So then we never apply Dina and the Machus Adina. So Chalkas Yaakov thinks we should go with the Shach. The Chazanish disagrees with the Shach. He says, well, then when would you apply Dina and the Machus Adina? Where does halacha have nothing to say? Says the Chazanish, halacha has something to say about everything in life. So of course, if you're going to apply Dina and the Machus Adina ever... In, uh, between two Jews, it's always going to be overriding a certain principle in halacha because there's halachas in every nook and cranny of life. So, of course, Dina Machusadin overrides, you know, even when there's a Dina Torah that says uh, somewhat differently that operates between two Jews. So, there are some who accept bankruptcy based on Dina Machusadin, or Rabbi Yaakov Brash was not only, was, he was not only his opinion, or Five O'Kohn once spoke, um, there's a recording of it in the transcript, he said over, he asked Rosh Hashanah about it, Rosh Hashanah felt like Rabbi Yaakov Breish, that we should not uh, follow bankruptcy law based on Dina Machus Adina, but Ramesha argues quite convincingly that no, this is Taikonis B'nai Medina, this is, helps everyone, and therefore um, is something that should be applicable even between two Jews, so it's a Machlekes HaPaiskim with regards to the issue of Dina Machus Adina. But there's another whole avenue with, uh, to, the, to the issue, and that's based on Kiminik um, HaMedina. Um, Whenever people engage in business between one another, yeah. That's what the Shach argues. No, I can understand that the argument is that 
the state uses it, therefore we have to abide by it in a case where we're involved with the non-Jew. But right. I would have thought that between two Jews, like you said, their obligation is to go to a Jewish bank. That's what the Shach argues. Dina Machusa Dina never trumps Dalaku when you're talking about between two Jews. And the Ramah argues the, the government established these practices for a reason. If Dina Machusa Dina has validity, even when you're discussing between two Jews, we should follow the practices a, under a, the a, jurisdiction, even if the jurisdiction doesn't care whether you follow them. Meaning, they don't benefit from it. If you wouldn't declare bankruptcy, no, you know, no one's going to sue you in federal court, but since so, they... So therefore the halachic requirements to pay back loans is suspended due to the deal of the That's what Ramesh argues. He's in business. The you like the shock. So does the Jack Do I have a right to go to business and get a declared bankruptcy? Uh, 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 to go to court? Uh, 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 uh. So, 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 so bankruptcy, I'm not a lawyer, but there's there's different procedures in court. There's an in-rem... No, no, no. Oh, come on, man. There's an in-rem procedure, which means that I'm not going to base, uh, to court to sue anyone. I'm going to file for a protection that the government, um, you know, like the court system. So that's not that's suing anyone. That's the legal system. So it's a big deal. That issue has not been fleshed out in the place. Ramesh writes, bankruptcy is valid. Many hold, though, that if I'm not going to court to sue anyone, I'm going to, to court to file for protection between me and the government, just between me and the government. That's not called our cause. I'm not yeah, suing you. Not that's true, right. but that's the protection the government offers. Yeah. So meaning, meaning the be- the Bezdin has to apply bankruptcy rules. So that's what Ramesha would be saying. Even if you would come to base, then they have to apply bankruptcy rules based on Dina the Malchusadina. But there's another reason to assume like that, not just because of Dina the Malchusadina, because of, of Minig HaSoychim. See, whenever two people do business in a, in a jurisdiction and the common custom is to do this or that, we assume that people always follow the custom, common custom, and that is the default. You know, with regards to uh, you know the the uh, assumed business practice. So, for example, the Gemara says in Bama Mitzvah over here, at the beginning of If the when a person hires workers, the assumption is that they arrive at this time and they leave at that time. That's the assumption, unless stipulated otherwise, that the workers have the right to assume that this is the way that they have to operate. If the assumption is that the employer should provide them with lunch and other benefits, then that is the assumption that should apply. I'll be halacha too. Even if that was not stipulated as such, whatever is the minic, uh, common custom, minik ha'saychum applies al pi halacha. So much so that it overrides a pasuk in the Torah, uh, in the in Tanakh. If it overrides halacha, because the Gemara there discusses who's um, who has to pay the travel expenses or whose time does it come out of traveling to work and coming home, the commute. So the Gemara there says when he's coming home, that's on his cheshbin. When he goes to work, that's on the on the on the employer's cheshbin. As the Pasuk says, uh, when the sun rises, you go out, meaning I go to work, but that's, I still have to commute. So that's on the employer. I'm going to go out. Right? The assumption was you're going to work as long as it was light, from the sunrise to sunset. So you leave at sunrise, that's on the employer. It's going to take me time to get there. But when do you work until you work until the sun sets. Now you got to get home. You get home on your own. That's up to you. So it's based on a pasuk and tehillim. However, the Gemara there says, uh, "Where are we?" What, the Gemara said, "What are you quoting a pasuk? Lexi hechi nohug See what the minig is, and whatever the minig is, even though the pasuk state otherwise, we follow what the minig is. So that leads you shall me to state from here, Zoysameris haminig mavata alocha, that the minig has the over, uh, ability to override a pasuk has the ability to override what would otherwise have been." 
the halacha. And that applies to this uh, area of... Uh, the concept of Bezdin in general. Take people to Bezdin. Minigamokum. Minigamokum is also valid in Bezdin. This would even be in Bezdin. You have the right to assume Minigamokum. So, for example, where Moses the Tshuva... Huh? The diamond trade Mazel Bracha is based on that. Yeah. Minigamokum. For example, where Moshe is a Tshuva... That's why, because it's the Minig of that. Where is a Tshuva about eviction laws. So there was, uh, you know, rent control. So I'm not allowed to evict this person even though he doesn't pay his rent or whatever the eviction laws are. That's not rent control. But I'm not allowed to evict someone if he fails to pay his rent. It became a big issue in Corona where there was a moratorium on evictions. So does that apply in halacha? A guy's not paying his rent. First month, I can kick him out. I bring him to base and kick him out. So Ramesha says, no, we follow what are the eviction laws in the town because that is... First, you could say it's based on Dina Machus Adina, but Ramesha doesn't go in that direction, even though it's not Hakanas B'nei Amadina and all that. Ramesha says that was the assumption when the rental agreement was arranged. Unless otherwise stipulated, we default to the Minigamakam. And the Minigamakam between two people engaging in business is that, uh, that you should follow the, the eviction laws. So that was Ramesha is a famous, or Ramesha is a chuva about the person being fired without just cause. So Ramesha says, in, 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 if you, uh, there's no term limit, on, uh, no time limit on the contract, on the service contract. You can't fire certain individuals. I don't know the employment laws. You can't fire them without cause. So Ramesha says, that should apply al pi halacha too. You cannot fire a guy without cause because that is the minig hasaychrim. And that was assumed to be the minig when the person um, was hired. So co- coming over here, it could be that many parties can go in this direction. Ramesha mentions this, as is of Sternbach and his tshuva about bankruptcy. He also believes that this is the case, is that bankruptcy, even if Dina the Malchus Dina doesn't apply between two Jews, when a person takes out a business loan, the assumption clearly is that they're going to follow the general rules of uh, bankruptcy. So therefore, it's implicit in their arrangement between them that they're going to follow those laws, and therefore they should apply for that reason. Forget about Dina Machusadina, it should be uh, because of, of, of um, Minik HaSoychrim. There are those that feel, though, there's a Bryce Mesech, the Soychrim over here, Oisfah Beis, no? I apologize. So no? you said driving to work is on the boss for going home. Yeah, but if we, you stayed in bed, you're not going, so why isn't both travels on the boss? You know what I'm saying? It's based on the Pasuk. I'm saying, but going to, I'm just saying logically, going to work, mm. you're saying it's on the boss because you're going to his job. But no, it's because you leave at sunrise. You leave at sunrise and you come and, and your day ends at sunset. Right, but you're saying going home. Your you day travel, ends at sunset. You work till sunset, then you come home. Right, but to travel home should be on the boss's time also. Yeah, but the Pusik say they admire him first from the Pusik otherwise. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It should be consistent one way or the other, but no, uh, yeah. Exactly. yeah it's, it's unusual, yeah. So the Braise says, Mesech the Seifrim, though, that the only time a minig is Mavata Halacha is if it's a minig Vasikin. It's only if it's a proper minig. If it's not a proper minig, then the minig is not Mavata Halacha. And there's a famous Taisis right at the beginning of Baba Basra. It's only famous because everyone only learns the first daf of Baba Basra. So the, uh, many yeshivas at least are paying attention for the first daf. So Taisis says in the first daf, the minig, the Gemara there discusses all kinds of walls that have to be built between two neighbors. And the Gemara Mishnah says at the end, Hakol Kaminiga Medina. So Taisus says, why do you have to say Hakol Kaminiga Medina if you're going to give the details? Just say Hakol Kaminiga Medina and leave out the details. Once you give the details, what's Hakol Kaminiga Medina? The answer is, there's some in Hagim that are just not valid. If it's not, it's a reasonable minig. It's, a, it's a, not a minig basikin, it's not an accepted minig. So then we don't, we don't follow the, the minig. So many Paiskim assumed we should accept bankruptcy because forget about Dinah Machusadina. That is the minig Mavatu Halacha. And uh, the assumption is when you take it alone, they're going to abide by the Minig Medina. And others argue, or Yaakov Breish argues, that no, this is not a Minig Vasikin. How many people know about bankruptcy laws? Well, so many people lend money. How many people actually engage in bankruptcy cases? Not everybody has it in mind. 
Who's to say it's a minig uh, vasikin? Is it really a fair minig? The Rabbi Akubrash didn't like the legitimacy of bankruptcy laws. He didn't think it helped the economy in the first place. So therefore, he doesn't think this is a proper minig. But those who accept it, those who accept it think that there's two reasons why bankruptcy should be allowed. One is din makhuzadina, the other is minig amakum. We'll just conclude, Rabbi Akubrash has an important ha'ara. I saw it in other places too in his truth about bankruptcy. He makes this point, but I think others make the point as well. There should probably be a difference between corporate loans as opposed to personal loans and private loans. Corporate loans are there to spur economy and to spur business. That makes sense. If I lend the guy money uh, you know, uh, for, 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 for something else to get him over a hump and he's not investing in a business. would only apply for corporate law. Well, there is individual bankruptcy. Saying. There's personal no, bankruptcy. No, but seven. Seven. the concept of Minigasrechim could only apply for No, if I lend you money, Minigasrechim should still... Assumption of loans is there's personal personal bankruptcy. We all know about that. Any guys business? I don't know. It's a, I wouldn't be medayik and seichrim as opposed to yechidim, but we all know personal bank. But I think I think it's because when you give a personal loan, you don't intend for the guy at least between two Jews for the guy to declare bankruptcy. Personal loan, you have fifty percent gave up already. Yeah, no, no interest at all. The guy says, "I lend me money." There's no interest. No formality. That's so, 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 so first from Chicago has a fantastic chart. He says, if you bring lawyers, then you can assume bankruptcy laws should apply because you're bringing lawyers. If there's no lawyers, then there's no bankruptcy either because there's no minigas if you didn't bring lawyers. If you bring lawyers, so then we understand there's paperwork. Okay, then the bankruptcy law should apply. as a protection to the, to the person with the borrower. Right. Does it actually is it wipe out the loan? Halakhically saying that as this like that's that's the America? issue. Should it wipe out the or, loan? Or saying that no, right now because whenever someone goes into bankruptcy, usually they have a plan to come out of bankruptcy. Uh, there, there's uh, liquidation. Yeah, it yeah, depends. And, and, so, and, 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 and he goes to the Tie me over. Give me a certain amount. There's no. If it's a business, no. If it's a business, the most businesses that are corporations, people say. You, the bankruptcy law should apply. If it's a personal loan and then the guy hits it rich and may, uh, then you should pay back your loans even if you declared personal bankruptcy. P, that, the place can think personal loans you should pay back. Corporate loans might be somewhat... Uh, or investment loans, I would say. It doesn't have to be a corporation. Investment loans. That's right. different. Investment's a form of investment. The guy doesn't do it. He doesn't want you to loan you money.